2 Samuel 3 and 1. Now there was a long, there was long war. Everybody say war. war. Between the house of Saul and the house of David. Oh, but I love this. <laughs> but David waxed stronger and stronger. And the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker. I've come to talk to you tonight about the power of the covenant. You see, the difference between Saul and David was one was covenanted. One had the anointing of the Lord and the other had the anointing of men. One was God's choice and one was man's choice. Oh, I need to help somebody tonight. I'm, I've come to tell you right now that if you're in this place baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, you're God's choice tonight. You can be seated. I'm going to talk to you tonight about the power of the covenant. I want us to understand something. We're in a battle for our lives. Hell is doing everything it can to take us out. Ah, David found himself in a precarious position. He was supposed to be king, but Saul made somebody else king. And so for two years, that king reigned. I wish there could just be names like Alan and John, and but his name was, I believe it was Ishbosheth. Is that right, Brother Stephen? And so th this is the thing. You see, Saul, he lost the blessing of God. He walked contrary to the direction of God. And God took his hand off his life. Don't you think you can live your life any way you want to and the hand of God still be on you? Oh, you got to help me just a minute here. And so Saul dies, but before he dies, he puts somebody in charge that is weak as water. He couldn't fight his way out of a paper bag, but he was the king. The scripture said two years he reigned and then five more years before David would ascend to the throne. But the writer in Samuel said something was going on. David woke up and somebody said, hey David, there's a battle going on over such and such. David said, oh really? It'll be all right. It'll be all right. You see, when you're in covenant, doesn't matter what's going on, you know everything's going to be all right. Now you, you, you see, it doesn't matter what kind of battle's raging, when you know you're in the right camp, when you know the hand of God is upon you, ah, oh, I come to tell hell tonight. I can see David. I 
could see him just saying, you know what? It's okay. I'm just biding my time. Because I'm about to take the throne. Ah, I want hell to know tonight. You just keep raging on. You just keep doing what you do. It's all right. You may win a few skirmishes. I'm just biding my time. Come on. I'm I'm about to put on a robe and a crown. I'm about to win the ultimate battle. Darkness seems to be prevailing today. Everywhere you look, it's not good news. So don't waste your time watching it. Don't waste your time listening to it. You just remember when the enemy raises his ugly head and tries to threaten you, you just try, you just tell him, uh, I'm getting stronger. Watch me now. Every time the enemy raises up and we resist and stand strong, the enemy gets weaker and we get stronger. You see, the power of covenant is uh, is the enemy cannot prevail uh, in my battle uh, as long as I stay in covenant with my God. I, I, I recognize that probably this is a little bit more shallow than you're used to. But I want you to hear me right now. I, I, I'm, I am not in any way intimidated by what's going on in our world. I'm not in any way intimidated. You know why? Because I've got the power of covenant on my side. Come on. You see, I, I could see, Pastor, I could see the devil on a little bi- fixed bicycle exercise bicycle he's pedaling just as fast as he can and ain't getting anywhere come on somebody I'm telling you the Bible said he knows that he has but a short time ah but listen to me right here it doesn't matter how fast he pedals how hard he fights the bottom line is one of these days the angel of the Lord is going to take a chain and wrap that cat up and send him to come on no matter what the weapon is in your life tonight you win you're in covenant with God you don't have to work come on quit staying awake at night quit fretting and worrying quit letting your blood pressure rise God's got this under control we're going to win. Uh, you know, I, I just I want to talk to you about a few things here in just a minute, and then I'm going to preach, and we're going to get out of here. But I want to tell you tonight that God has promised us eternal life. 
Thank you for those three or four that believe that. I'm going to tell you that I believe it's in the not too distant future. I, I, I know we, we banter around here a little bit about pre, post, mid, trib. I'm just going to tell you, Jesus is coming and it could be any day. I'm going to tell you this, that whatever I've got, they can have it. In fact, I'll leave the door unlocked. You just go in. Well, I hope none of you are here to see that. But if you are, just know my door's unlocked. I got a change jar in there. It's got all my quarters and nickels and dimes and pennies that I take out of my pocket. Just go get it. You want to be able to spend it, but go get it. Brother Mark Looper, I'm not hanging around here too much longer. I got a promise. But I also got to tell you, in reference to covenant, that God has asked us to sacrifice our life for Him. That's never popular. Just like Abraham. God said, Abraham, I want you to get up and I want you to go. He never told him where. He just got him him pointed in that direction. And he said, Abraham, I want you to go. And then uh, he made Abraham some promises. But then uh, he required something of Abraham. You see, you can never be in covenant with God without sacrifice. God's system is not a welfare system. Come on, somebody. God's system is, is, not, uh, is not a system where you can ride on somebody else's coattail. But God's system requires if we are to be in covenant with Him, it will cost us something. I I could go, I I did a little study this afternoon about 10 different requirements of a covenant. I won't take you there tonight, but it's pretty amazing. What was required for two men to make a covenant. It wasn't just like shaking hands and it's a deal. It wasn't like that at all. Again, I'm not going to go there tonight. But it's pretty incredible what it took for there to be a covenant. And believe you me when I tell you that it cost both of them everything. To be in covenant with one another. So God speaks to Abraham. You know the story. I won't stay there long. But then God says to Abraham. After making him promises. And making covenant with him. He said I want you to give me your son. Your only son Isaac. Now, forgive me, 
But, but, but I, I never seen this before. If I had, I, I hadn't thought about it. But, but I, I want you, I want you to, to realize some parallel here as I move through this tonight. God, ask Abraham. I want your son. I, I want to talk to some parents here right now. You got to give your children to the kingdom. Watch me. You got to give your children to the kingdom unreservedly. Oh, it's about to get tight in here. I'm telling you that you can't shelter your children from the word of God and the will of God. God wants you to release your children into his charge. And when you do, he's going to covet it with you and bless your family beyond compare. I, I never seen this before, Pastor. I, I read that and, and it, it never dawned on me. But the scripture said that three days, three days, Abraham... Isaac and the servants made their way toward that place. And the Bible said in three days, I seen the place. Watch now. Three days. In Abraham's mind, Isaac was already dead. And just like Jesus, three days... And Isaac was about to come alive again. Come on, somebody. Because somebody was willing to sacrifice to seal a covenant. God said, I'll resurrect and bring back to life that that you're willing to sacrifice. Can I tell somebody tonight, uh, you can outgive God uh, and whatever you give God, you can be sure that when he's done with you, uh, you'll have more than you've ever had. So God has not asked us to kill ourselves. But he's asked us to put him first. The scripture said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Not large bank accounts. Not high profile jobs. Not worldly stuff. But my kingdom. You see, your sacrifice is to put God first. Let me say it again. Your sacrifice is to put God first. Well, God, I'll catch you later, but I got some other things that I have in mind. No, 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 no. I'm trying to talk to a people that have the power of covenant 
at your disposal tonight, but the only way to keep that intact is to keep God first in everything that you say, everything that you do, everywhere that you go, everything that you give. Come on. I want you to understand your sacrifice is to give to God first. I am convinced. Scripture tells us God gave His Son, His only Son. Let me get back to Abraham for just a minute and then I'll get back to David before I close. You see, ultimately with Abraham, the oldest male child, sacrifice of that child would be paralleled to the sacrifice of Jesus that inaugurated a new covenant. God said in effect, Abraham, because you gave up your only child, now I'll give up my only child. Uh, Did you hear that? What you're willing to give up, God's willing to bless you with on the other side. Come on now. You can't, watch me, you can't barter with God. You can't bargain with God. God, if you'll do this, I'll do that. No, it's not that way. You got to be willing to give. You got to be willing to give even if it doesn't come back. But his word said it will come back. I don't know what Abraham was thinking on the way up that mountain, but I knew this. He told his servants before he left, We'll be back. We'll be back. Come on, somebody, I'm telling you what you're willing to sacrifice. God will give it back to you on the other side. But he's got to be able to see that you're willing to do his will first before anything else in your life. And so, in that, in the power of that revolutionary truth of covenant. Isaac likely carried the wood for the sacrifice of his own body up the hill called Mount Moriah. Likewise, Jesus carried the wood. Ah, He carried a cross for the sacrifice of his own body up a hill called Calvary to a place called Golgotha, the place of the skull. You see, the difference was Isaac didn't know what was going to happen. Jesus did. And he was still willing, the Bible said, to drink the cup. He knew what was in the cup, but he was willing to Ah, I wonder if there's anybody here. Well, I'd like to know the plan, God. I'd like to see it laid out. No, that's not what he asked. Are you willing to drink the cup? Are you willing willing to go the, the, the whole way with me? Come on. 
I'm telling you, please hear me. I want to get it to you. We're getting down to the end of this thing. It's not time for us to wind things down. It's time for us to turn things up. Come on. You need to get your sword sharpened. You need to get your your, your, your armor shined up. So, the parallel of the sacrifice. When Abraham offered Isaac, God was satisfied. The covenant had been tested. You want to know why you're going through what you're going through right now? God's just testing the covenant. See, his side of things is settled. But he wants to be sure you're settled. Come on, somebody. If you've been baptized in his name and filled with his spirit, he settled a covenant with you. But now we're going to live. Listen, we've just had it so easy. We really have. I know we all got our little tests and trials. The pastor shared about some of the tragedy that's gone on in the last several days. But... I'm going to tell you what right now, modern day, 21st century Christians, we got it so easy. I mean, so easy. Say, so, well, you're not in my shoes, Bishop. No, I'm not. But I'm telling you right now, when I read the Word of God and the history of the Word of God and what it cost some of those men to keep that covenant sealed and settled in their lives, I'm telling you right now, I feel a little embarrassed to be able to walk down. I will, but I feel a little embarrassed to walk down the same streets with them in glory. But I want you to understand tonight as a child of God, as a child of the covenant that God wants you to be blessed. But I want you to know that it's time for you to firm up the covenant in your life. God continues to elaborate on Abraham's obedience. And this is what he said. Oh, here we go. (laughs) This is what he said. Thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Do you hear that, devil? I'm in covenant with God, and God said, My seed. Because what he told Abraham, Abraham passed on to you and me. And he said, my seed is going to possess the gates. I I want you to tell somebody close to you right now, we're in charge here. (laughs) Watch this. Let, let, Let me talk about the gates for just a minute. Bible times, the elders of the city would sit by the gates and they determined who came in and who left. They controlled all the commerce. They controlled all the political life. The gatekeepers 
controlled the city. God promises Abraham that his descendants would possess the gates even of their enemies. When, when Jesus came in to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do men say that I am? The Son of Man am. In, in more contemporary language, what's being reported in the Jerusalem Times? Who do they say that I am in the Jordan Post? And they replied with what they heard, namely, some say you're John the Baptist because you baptize. Elijah, because you perform miracles. Jeremiah, because you weep over the city. Or just one of the prophets. And Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter said, thou art the Christ. The son of of the living God. Come on, somebody. Oh, and watch what Jesus does. He says to Peter, flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee. But let me tell you, I know where you got it. And then he confirms the promise of Abraham, of God to Abraham. And this is what he says. Peter, upon this rock. I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You know what he was saying? I want the New Testament church to understand the gates of hell are no adversary for you. In one translation it said, I'm going to give you power to rip the gates of hell off of its hinges. Come on, I wish somebody would get it in your spirit right now. I'm a child of covenant. I'm a child of the Most High God. And God said, I'm going to have power. I'll rule the gates. I'll determine who comes in and goes out. Come on, somebody. You've got control and power over the gates in your life. I, I am convinced tonight that somehow, some way, we've got to realize tonight as children of God, that God's got something more in store for us. God's got something more in mind for us. And I take you back now to where David was. I take you back to that place in 2 Samuel chapter 3. God said, I've got a covenant. Not with Saul, nor any of his comrades. But I've got a covenant with David. 
and every battle that the people of God walk into, David's going to get stronger and stronger and stronger until he possesses the throne. I've come to tell somebody tonight that God dropped this in my spirit this weekend while I was on my journey to tell you tonight that you are about to walk in a place where you're going to ascend to heavenly places in God. This church is about to walk into a place in God where we're going to see great revival. Listen, I'm not worried. I'm not sweating it tonight. God's got this church in your sight. And God said, "Ah, you're in covenant with me and you're going to get stronger. You're not going to get weak. Come on. This This is what I see, Brother Larry. I see the energy gauge going up in the church. As the world gets darker, God said, watch this. I'm about to turn up the power in my people and in my church. I'm about to show you what my covenant really means. Come on, somebody. We're about to operate in apostolic revival and apostolic ministry like we never have before because we're going to get stronger and the enemy's going to get weaker. Come on, somebody help me praise him right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. So we find out. We find out that the church that is covenanted with God is not going to be defeated in the last day. But in fact, we're going to wax greater and greater, stronger and stronger. This is what I feel in the Holy Ghost, the Lord speaking to me right now. God said, I'm about to intensify the ministry of prayer in this assembly. I'm about to intensify the ministry of prayer in your home. I'm about to do something in your individual homes that will cause the power of God to begin to sweep through those rooms in your home. And they'll be, you will feel yourself being drawn to me in a way that you haven't been drawn to me in a while. And as you feel the covenant relationship begin to strengthen, you're going to find yourself in a place of travail. You're going to find yourself in a place of intercession. And when you do, I'm going to break the back of the enemy. I'm going to cause the enemy to go down and I'm going to cause my kingdom to rise up and those that will follow after me and understand the power of covenant I'm about to pour out upon you an outpouring of my spirit that you have never seen before. Lift your hands to the Lord right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Shandolobo Horevakayata. 
the spirit of intimidation and fear that is trying to be pervasive even among this people. I hear the spirit of the Lord saying, I'm about to break the back of that spirit. God, help me. Hear me right now. God is speaking to this church. I realize that we're pregnant with promise and pregnant with prophecy. But I want you to hear your bishop right now. God said, you do not have to look over your shoulder and be intimidated by the spirit of this world. Because I have placed within you the ability and power to tear down anything that the enemy might present to you. Even now in this place, I am strengthening and making you more powerful. And the enemy is losing his grasp. The enemy is losing his hold. And I will prevail. And I will move in the midst. Oh, you shall see great exploits begin to come to pass in this place because there is power in covenant with me and I will use you in this hour. I'm going to ask you to do something. Everybody close your eyes right now. Nobody looking around, please. I want, you to, I want you to be honest for just, not that you're not honest all the time, but I, I, want you, I want you to be transparent here for a moment. If in the last few months you found yourself, you found yourself not questioning God, but you found yourself wondering, why is this happening? Lift your hand right now. You can put them down. Hear the the Spirit of the Lord. I know where, exactly where this world is right now. But I also know where my people are. And I am testing my covenant because this is the day when there will be a winnowing out. There will be a separating out of those that are not willing to give me everything. Because my covenant, my covenant is sustained with you. Because I am Lord of all of your life. And not just a portion of your life. And as I survey my church. Survey my people. I will prove my covenant with you. If you are willing. If you are willing 
to sacrifice it all unto me. Stand with me. I read a treaty today and I'm sorry but I can't remember the two parts of the treaty but essentially this is what it says. The treaty between a king and a peasant. The king says, the treaty between the king and the peasant says, I'll give you all that you need out of my kingdom. But the peasant says to the king, I have nothing to give. What shall I give you? And the king responds, All I want from you is your love and you. That's all. Not money, not wealth, not cars, not homes. Just your love for me and nothing else. And I will bless you with my kingdom. And I hear the Lord saying to this church tonight, I'm about to transition you into a place where you'll be able to say as David, oh, another battle? It's okay. I'm just biding my time. Because you see, in the end, I win. In the end, we are victorious. In the end, I'm healed. In the end, come on somebody. In the end, I get peace. In the end, I get joy. In the end, I get righteousness. In the end, I get victory. Because the power of the covenant says that that's all available to me if I stay in love with the king. So in this place tonight, the power of the covenant is available and prevalent. I'm not worried about tomorrow. Well, what about this? What about that? So what? What about it? I'm in covenant with God. There's nothing you can do to me. There's nothing the world can do to me. You hear me right now? There's nothing the government can do to you. Hear me right now. I know. I know we don't like to talk about that because we don't want to offend anybody. But I'm telling you right now. There are those who would have you to believe that the government is not attacking the church. That's a lie from the pits of hell. You better know that the government is doing everything it can to shut down the church. But guess what? Guess what? I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about that. I'm in covenant with God. Hey, David, what about that javelin flying over your head? What about those spears? So what? I've been anointed. I'm the king. Not because some man said I'm the king. I'm the king because God sent a man of God to anoint me and I'm going to be king. It may not be today. 
It may not be tomorrow, but I'm a king. We're going to worship together right here for just a moment. We're going to let God have his way in this place. But I want this church to realize God's trying to move us, trying to move us to another level in the realm of the spirit. I, Pastor, I both have been telling you for a few months now that God's trying to get this church to a level of significance that stands out from every other assembly in this city. You say, well, that, that makes us exclusive. No, we're in covenant with God. That makes us exclu exclusive. That makes us who we are. And that means no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Now, we're going to pray right now. I want you to lift your hands everywhere right now. Lord, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, God, I release the spirit of the covenant. Renew the covenant, God, with this, your people. Give us a resolve. A resolve, God, that no matter what comes against us, the enemy shall not prevail. We will go to the gates and we will take back the city and we will stop any enemy from coming in and we will allow the blessing and anointing of God to flow in the city again because we're people in the power of the covenant. Come on. Come on, praise Him right now. Sing. 